All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Academy Arguments. I'm Andrew Nuno. And I'm Brittany McHugh. And we are joined for this episode by our good friend, Alexis. Alexis, welcome to the show. Hi, Alexis. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we are very excited to have you. So uh, before we dive in uh, to the episode itself, uh, do you mind just giving our listeners just a quick little bio about yourself? Yeah, uh, this is so funny because so I have a podcast with one of my really good friends, Heather, and we uh, roast romantic comedies and I would probably all of the movies we've seen, I would categorize as bad. So I'm very excited to talk about like a good movie. Oh, Alexis, <laughs> my side. <laughs> so I, I love this movie. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I just like graduated college during this pandemic, so I'm just kind of like all of us, just living my life, trying to <laughs> trying to figure out what's up. But yeah, uh, enjoying. Yeah, podcasting's been really fun, a fun thing to do while indoors. So. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, awesome. We are super happy to have you. And we're really excited to jump into this film. Uh, for this episode, we are covering the 1995 film Sense and Sensibility, directed by Ang Lee, starring Kate Winslet, Emma Thomas, Hugh Grant, Alan Rickman. Just stacked. Oh, yeah, a whole, whole bunch of folks. This cast <laughs> was stacked. Uh, so yeah, I'm really, really excited to, to dive into this. Uh, but before we do, let's first talk about kind of what were our um, thoughts either before seeing this for the first time, uh, which was in my case for, for this episode, or rewatching it for this episode. And we will start with our guest of honor, Alexis. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so I, basically how I came across this movie was the... Um, the 2005 version of Pride and Prejudice, which I think you guys have talked mm. about on this podcast before, hasn't won any Academy Awards. Um, but it has like a cult following amongst my friends. Like we at the end of every finals week, we would go to my friend's house and watch this movie like it was the Super Bowl. Like we would be <laughs> booing whenever Wickham came on stage or we'd be like cheering when with the hand scene. So that kind of became like my comfort movie during this period of time when I was indoors. And eventually, I guess I was like, I can't keep watching this movie every other week. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, let me look at some other Jane Austen adaptations. And this one is my favorite. It's just, well, I don't know if it's my favorite about Pride and Prejudice, but it's so, like we said, the cast is stacked. The story is so good. Emma Thompson wrote it and starred in it. Mm -hmm. What? It's just, so I, I, yeah, I came in with the notion of, okay, it's got to be good. And it was, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> awesome. Over to Brittany for her thoughts. Yeah, I've never seen this movie, um, which is weird because I actually am a Emma Tom, not Emma Thompson. Well, yes, Emma Thompson, but a <laughs> Jane Austen fan. <laughs> but I wrote down stuff that I knew or thought I knew. Mm -hmm. I wrote down Jane Austen, so misunderstanding and miscommunication is a must mm -hmm. in this movie. I wrote down Emma Thompson, just her name. <laughs> uh, and then I realized I have this book, but for some reason, I never made it past like chapter four. Mm, so as okay, I was yeah. watching the movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> and then like maybe six minutes in, that stopped. And mm. I'm like, nope, don't not recognize any of this. So... Yeah, I, I 
I will put a disclaimer. I I liked this movie, but it's not my job to be nice. It's my job to tear into this movie and rip it apart and make Andrew lose. Yeah. Well, you will fail in this episode, so no worries. No, I won't. I never fail. I never fail. I've got Lexus on my side already. Like I know. Doesn't matter. I could I'll be take convinced. you both down. It'll be tough, but All right, we will we will see what happens. Um <laughs> As far as on, on, on my end, I, I've got to admit, I had some reservations going into this one. Mm. Typically, it is, I found it very hard for me to get into period pieces. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the, the, the dialogue, the prose <laughs> that's used. I just, I don't know. Typically, like whenever I'm watching period films, I, I just, it takes a lot for me to really get into the film. Um, so I, I got I had some reservations, though. Hearing about the praise surrounding this film, it, you know, made me open. It made me open to to watching it and just kind of seeing what was in store. You know, like we said earlier, the cast is stacked. You know, it won an Oscar. Plus, Ang Lee. I have a soft spot for Ang Lee. I love mm. I love all of his films from Brokeback Mountain to Life of Pi. So you know, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. So I'm I'm very excited to jump into that. This is so weird, Andrew, because I feel like in our relationship, you're more of a romantic and I'm more of a, I hate this. Why does everyone say I love you after knowing each other for one week? This makes no fucking sense. But for some reason, period like dramas, Mm -hmm. I buy them, which is so weird. And I thought Mm. about this the other day. I think it's because I feel like they're written more like fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And with fairy tales, like if a dragon comes out of the sky or if a bunch of zombies pull a frozen dragon out of a lake and then it becomes a zombie dragon, I buy it. I just buy it because it's a fantasy. Yeah. So who the hell cares? So mm-hmm. when it's like when it's like historical romances, I feel like there's more fantasy elements or fantasy stylings in it. Not elements, I guess. So I feel like I'm more likely to just go with it. As opposed to gotcha. modern romances, which I just don't get on board I'm with. The same way. It's so funny that I like truly love this movie because I any like romance movie, I'm just automatically so opposed to as a genre. But I yeah, I feel like too the stakes are so much higher for period romances because it's like if she doesn't get married, like that's it. She's done for. I don't wish that's how society was, but as far as a movie goes, I'm like, yeah, that's juicy. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into what this movie won and was nominated for. It was the 68th Academy Awards. It was nominated in seven different categories, ended up winning one. Emma Thompson won for Best Adapted Screenplay. It was nominated for Best Picture, lost to Braveheart. Emma Thompson was nominated for Best Actress, lost to Susan Sarandon in Dead Man Walking. Kate Winslet was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, lost to Miro Sorvino, Sorvino, I think I said that right, in Mm -hmm. Mighty Aphrodite. Patrick Doyle was nominated for Best Original Dramatic Score, as it was called back then, (laughs) lost to, I don't know what the title for this was. It's like the the Roman numeral sign for two, then the word postino, then the postman. I have no huh. idea what this movie is. Andrew, I think we have to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of curious now, just in that title alone. Like, dang. No idea. 
Um, Michael Coulter was nominated for Best Cinematography, Lost to Braveheart. Jenny Beaven and John Bright were both nominated for Best Costume Design, Lost to Restoration. Uh, I also need to put a little note here. Emma Thompson is the only person to have won an Academy Award for both acting and screenplay. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good for Emma Thompson. Wasn't this also her first time writing a script? It was her first time writing a screenplay of this caliber, yeah. Damn. We can't all be Emma Thompson. <laughs> she worked on it for five years. Dang. Wow. So, yeah. I actually watched this movie with my mom, who is mm. much <laughs> more of like a romance person than I am. So I thought she would really like it. She did fall asleep halfway through. So I feel like that's a point for me. <laughs> it already. is long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it, dense. <laughs> it's slow. It is slow. And the, where do you guys want to start with this? I mean, I'll, I'll follow your lead. I don't know if you have a spot you want to start, Alexis. Wait, now, how does this movie begin? Uh, now I'm like... <laughs> it begins with the death. Tom Wilkinson oh dying. Yeah, of yeah. I always... I've probably seen this movie like four to five times now in a very brief period of time. And every time the beginning takes me by surprise because it's such a like rapid two minute scene that they need to just like establish the dad is dead and then it's never talked about again yeah. dad is dead brother's an asshole wife's his wife is a bitch they d- basically like kick the women out of their house yeah i love how his wife just yep. keeps being like oh i get that you have to be nice to them but you don't have to be that nice to them like <laughs> i'm a bitch and this is all i know how to do just be a bitch and go on a power trip my brother should have a view of the lake like, yeah. I have a view of the lake. What a bitch. Yeah. I'm I just, pretty sure every time she came on st- on on screen, I just wrote down bitch. I love bitch. her. She did such a good job. I was <laughs> She, was she did, but her character's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't help but laugh at the fact that like not even five minutes after he promised his father he yeah. wouldn't yeah, keep them out Andrew- of it. The he men in this movie suck. Oh my the god. The men right. in this movie suck, <laughs> okay. Andrew. Okay. I will agree with you on that point. The men in this movie too fucking suck. <laughs> they all suck. Honestly, I was rooting for them to just end up as spinsters living together. Honestly, that wouldn't have been bad. The relationship between the sisters is more of a love story. Insane. Oh my god. Like the fights they have are so intense, but you can also see how much they love each other. This movie, I'm torn because this movie is so well acted, but at the same time, everyone in this movie looks like they're going to pass out at any given moment. Yes! (laughs) I kept thinking that. The guys look like they're in pain every time, like in physical pain every time they just speak. And I'm like, it's not hard. It's pretty bad. Just talk. But the yearning. The yearning. (laughs) <laughs> okay wait can we so i'm just gonna use that for throughout this episode just but the yearning <laughs> but the yearning <laughs> oh man like oh there's so much okay let's let's just dive right into the romance mm, because that's okay. like the main thing this yeah. movie is a ro- movie is a romance mm-hmm. okay i was on board for eleanor and edward before i found out that edward was a whore um <laughs> And then I'm like, no, you should not end up with him. He is blatantly, and poor Lucy. Why does she not tell Lucy that her man was, like, seriously flirting with her? I understand the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Lucy too was another person who I, anytime she was on screen, I like felt for her, but I also just wanted to punch her in the face. I was like, literally every word mm-hmm. that comes out of your mouth is the last thing that Eleanor needs to hear right now. Oh yeah. yeah. But it's not her fault. No, it's not. She doesn't but, oh, know she that Edward was like <laughs> having her as a side chick. Like, I don't care that Edward was like, well, I didn't know you then. So now I've fallen in love. You're freaking engaged, man. <laughs> You can't be flirting with Eleanor. I honestly thought her name was Helena for most of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Probably my favorite scene is, um, because I thought Hugh Grant was going to be, I like didn't know anything about Sense and Sensibility the first time I watched this movie. I thought he was Mm going to be a bigger part of it, but he is like very much in the beginning, makes a brief appearance and then comes in for the end. Yeah, that's a good point. Right before he's called away, He has that scene with her in the stable, which I did end up reading the book and it isn't in the book, but um, where he's trying to tell her about Lucy and he ends up just like rambling about his education before his sister comes in and it's like, you got to get out of here. Go now. (laughs) But he does try to explain it to her and the way he goes about it, he's like so shy and he can't do, Edward is just a shy man and he's doing his best. Write her a letter. Let her yeah. know, hey, I'm engaged, so don't get any ideas about, or you know what, better yet, don't flirt with her while you're there. I feel don't like it's lead just her one of on. those situations where he's like, I don't know, what, whatever I do, I'm totally screwed, so I'm just gonna sit here and hope it all, like, someone dies or something, and then it'll pan out. Poor <laughs> Lucy. Like, and then the bitch gr- sister beats her up. Like, actually beats her up. (laughs) Lucy, I found out later, like, I was reading a couple of, like, thoughts on the book and the movie, and Mm -hmm. I found out, like, so many people hate Lucy. And I'm like, why do you hate Lucy? Lucy is the victim in this story. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. I think it's just because it's from Eleanor's perspective. But if it was from Lucy's perspective, I probably would hate Eleanor, even though she's the best and I love her. Yeah. If there's anyone that we should really hate in this movie, it should be John Willoughby. That's Emma Thompson's real husband now. Yeah, that is really? insane to me. Yeah. They got married in 2003, yeah. Wait, sir. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Willoughby's a bitch and a whore, <laughs> and I hate him. Not going to lie. Some and- girl. And then running away. At the end, when he was looking on to Marianne getting married to uh, Colonel Brandon, and he had like that look of regret, I was just like, yeah, that's right. Like, eat it. This is this is your yeah, choice. He- Live with it. Like- Why do we have that scene at all? That scene with him like staring off in the distance, looking remorseful. I'm like, I don't care about this man. But the like, yearning. Yeah, we never <laughs> need to see him. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I feel like it's probably it's so weird because like the time era is so different because it's one of those where it's like yeah he got what he deserved but it's like he is in a nice house and has a wife who like is fine with everything so he ended up okay but his heart is torn yeah Yeah. but his heart yearns for Marianne's while he was sleeping with this Beth girl who in the book is named Eliza who is the same (laughs) as Brandon's actual like lover at the time which is creepy as all hell i don't like okay (laughs) i don't want to say i don't like brandon because he's not a bad dude but that 
age difference is weird. I understand that it was like more common mm-hmm. back then. But mm-hmm. I think like the way it was presented, it felt like he liked Marianne because she reminded him of his past lover. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this in shows where where they're like, oh, well, you remind me so much of this person I used to love. So I'm just going to project that onto you. No. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. I looked it up. In the book, he's 19 years older than her. In real life, she was 20 and Alan Rickman was 49. Whoa. Like, it's just (laughs) the age difference is bad. Gotta love Hollywood. (laughs) Because only like eight, no, not even eight years later, he played Snipe in uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Guys, I just, I, and it, I know that's the romance we're supposed to get behind, which I also think is problematic because it very much feels like Marianne is settling for him. And she's just like, well, mm-hmm. I was heartbroken by this one douchebag, so I'm going to settle for a nice guy. Okay, I guess do the best you can for th- your times. It's interesting because it, at the beginning, it does seem like she likes Brandon a fair amount and is interested in him because they're, I don't, they're mm-hmm. like flying a kite or playing cricket or something. I don't know. They're doing some sort of activity Some outside. romantic yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, olden times. And um, <laughs> they're like talking with each other and laughing. And it's only when, oh my gosh, what's her name? My my favorite girl. The the go- the town gossip is. is <laughs> right. Jennings. Mrs. Jennings. Oh, I mm-hmm. loved and hate all of these characters, I just loved and hated them so much. But Mrs. Jennings like points out like, oh, you two should duet together. And it finally hits her of like, oh, this is becoming a thing. I don't know if I like this. Then she like completely shuts him out. So I, w- mm-hmm. it's an interesting thought experiment of like, if that wasn't implied earlier, would she have liked Brandon? Or was it just because it was like thrust upon her in that moment mm-hmm. where she was like, oh, Willoughby. I also think it was funny that for Marianne, both guys come riding up on a yeah. white horse. <laughs> yeah. Also, Willoughby gets off the horse, runs the rest of the way to her. Why not just ride the horse all the way there? Yeah. He's got to come in dashing. <laughs> that was my mom's comment. I appreciate that. There are a lot of similarities in the scenes in which uh, Colonel Brandon and John Willoughby share. Because like both of them did that. Both of them had to like run off quickly to London and then yeah. and then uh when John's carrying Marianne back in from when she hurt her ankle and then later in the film when Colonel Brennan's carrying Marianne back in when she gets caught up in that storm and I was like okay we get it like she's gonna end up with Colonel Brennan <laughs> I get the the juxtaposition here you know and but like I, so I, I thought it was interesting because Alan Rickman, like he both is and like character wise is supposed to be so much older than everybody. He carries her mm-hmm. in and when they take her, he just looks so defeated on the floor. Like, yes. I just ran for so long in the ring. <laughs> he was 49. And again, in the book, he's supposed to be um, like 19 years mm-hmm. older than her. Mm-hmm. And she's like 19 when they get married. So <laughs> literally Ooh, at man. her age. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that is yeah. Nice. I don't, and I I mean I get it was more common back then, but I still don't. Yeah, it's still weird. <laughs> I mean, the colonel straight up had okay his ward. I'm assuming that was actually his daughter, like the girl yeah. that Willoughby gets pregnant. That's 100 mm-hmm. percent actually like his bastard daughter, right? Mm-hmm. I know I say bastard yeah. <laughs> daughter, but 
this is what. Mm-hmm. So he has a daughter who's essentially Marianne's age. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's wild. It's just. Oh. I. <laughs> She's a strange. <laughs> Brittany is winning. <laughs> I see. Here's the thing: is I fully agree with your argument. At the same time, this movie is so good. <laughs> yeah, I I think you can still have a problem with a plot point in the film, but still like the film as a whole. I have problems with all of the romances, and that's the whole movie. Elaborate. <laughs> okay, the movie is a romance. We have all agreed on that. That is what I would the movie concur, is. Yeah. Cool. So I have problems with all three of the main romances. I've explained my problems for all of them. We all agree Willoughby's a skank and a bitch and I hate him. (laughs) We all agree that Edward, even though he was in love with Eleanor, I'll admit that, he also was had a woman he was engaged to while he was flirting and leading Eleanor on. And then Brandon is 19 years older than her (laughs) and has a daughter her age and is in love with her because she reminds him of the girl he knew 20 years ago hmm. but the yearning oh my God. <laughs> that is the answer to everything in this film but the yearning oh my god it's interesting because it like it is a romance movie but i think the reason i do love this particular movie so much is yeah like mm-hmm. hugh grant is gone for a lot of it and a lot of it is like eleanor having to deal with like her sister's relationship and having to like compromise her own beliefs with like that of her family. And then she's also dealing with the struggle with Lucy who Lucy's like always grabbing onto her literally and being like, Oh my gosh, I love Edward Ferris so much. And meanwhile, she's like, but we were like maybe going to get engaged and just watching her deal with everyone else's problems. And then that one final scene when she breaks down and she's like, look, you want me to prove I have a broken heart? Like, I am so upset right now. It's mm-hmm. just such a great, I would agree that the romances maybe aren't the best, but just the familial struggles are, ooh, so good. Yeah, I mean, and like, to be fair, like, love is like probably one of the most like unpredictable, wishy-washy things that exists. Like, I don't know one person on this earth that hasn't gone through some sort of, crazy scenario when dealing with love so you know that's kind of that's uh, i mean i I don't like necessarily that that's part of love and what is involved with love but that's kind of the nature of it you know it just all all the romances aren't great man they're not good well love isn't always great Brittany. sometimes people get hurt (laughs) why couldn't it have just ended with the three sisters just chilling in the cottage together. That like would've... maybe one day the little sister grows up and she marries a nice oh, man I and then the they become sister. rich. <laughs> okay. I I was so mad at the beginning because they kept not showing the little sister's face. And I got really excited thinking, oh my God, is this going to be the joke oh. that we just hear her, but she's always hiding. And then they reveal her in like the next scene. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. Oh, you missed out on such a good joke. Brittany, would would them all just sitting in the house be the most entertaining ending, though? You know, like how was we, it more entertaining than that bland ass wedding we saw? <laughs> it was not bland. There, it was so joyous. Funny. There was fanfare. And then you there was throw you know, 
heavy coins at the laughing. children. I was wondering, I was like, was that a thing? Or did he just like grab I some coins know. and chuck them into the air? Yeah, was that is that a thing that happened back then? People just threw coins yeah. at... You know what? I actually think it was. I think that was like a tradition. Instead of like throwing rice or something, they would like if you were a oh, rich person, you would throw coins to the poor children of the village. If you were like a lord or, or so. Okay, yeah. I would willingly go to more weddings if that's if that was a tradition <laughs> still today. Right, but it's <laughs> hard coins. I don't that care. He's throwing it's, up in the air. You look up. Money. Oh my gosh! Ow! A coin just hit me in the eye. Oh no! I mean, I might have said like "ow" for a second, but I'm like, oh my god. This is going to be worth a lot someday. You and know? then I love Fanny and her husband. She's like pointing like, grab all the coins, grab all the coins. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you know what else that I think is a really f- like stupidly funny thing? I've seen this in two Jane Austen movies now. Mm-hmm. Take a turn around the room. Yeah, it's very odd. <laughs> it's when women would stand up and walk around the room together. And that's it. Like. There are different, like, theories as to why that is. Some people say it was to give women, like, privacy to speak. Sometimes it was just, like, to show off what a woman looked like and stuff. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Alexis, we absolutely need to take a turn around the room sometime. We will, yeah. (laughs) I feel like it would only be proper. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just mute Andrew and be like, all right, this is our turn around the room. And we'll actually lift our microphones and walk around the, our separate <laughs> living space. Are, are, are we are we legit legit doing this, or, or, or are we just? Yeah, but not now, Andrew. Oh, okay, whenever. Okay, <laughs> just let me know, and, Andrew. And... Please, please. You think we are in the proper mood to be taking a turn around the room right now, Andrew? Oh, you understand no manners. I don't know what word is I just said. My, my I, dearest apologies. Please send yeah. them post hands. I just love watching period piece movies because there's so many like rules that they have to, like they have to address each other as like Mr. and Miss and then bow. And then she has to invite the guest to sit down. And then when they leave, they have to, like, address each other by name again and then bow. And someone has to, like, walk in the room and be like, announcing! And it's just so crazy to watch all of these traditions that, like, you kind of have to research. Otherwise, you're like, why are they acting like this? Someone should make a compilation of this film, but only show the times that people bow to one another. Nothing else. Just every time they bow. It also, I love (laughs) the mix-up where it's like... Um, Mrs. Ferris, but it's like she married the brother, not Edward Ferris. And so, which like, you know, it's coming, but it's just so funny because that's the way they like had to refer to people. And I'm like, how often did this actually happen where you were like unsure of which sibling was in question? Yeah. I was going to say the scene when like um, Eleanor does realize like the mix up and like she literally just, she can't help herself. She just starts (gasps) like breaking down. That got me. That got me. I was just like, okay. If I wasn't invested in this film before, like uh, this, 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 just, hey, oh my God. Like Emma Thompson. Mm, that, that was insane. That was insane. I, I I thought that was a comedic scene. No. I'm being genuinely no. honest right now. It was not a comedic scene. I, I, I honestly thought that was how she was playing it. And I thought it was effective. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany. No, it's, oh my... 
I mean, we've said it's this so many like, times, but like, the she's yearning. so dramatic about it. I thought that phrase in my head, I was like, I don't know, is she going to say it? I was like, yep, she said it. Because it's this movie really, it is so long, but the payoff of that moment of watching her struggle this whole time and then finally realizing like, oh, everything's fine. I went through all this and it's going to be okay. And then she just weeps. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I left. <laughs> Seriously, there that might been... be something wrong with me. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's why I like these historical dramas. They're so repressed and so yeah. high. <laughs> like, I'm just really emotionally repressed right now. So I get it. <laughs> that would have been a good alternate title for this film. Just yearning. That's yearning. it. Just, just yearning. One word title. I'm pretty sure there is a film called Yearning. Isn't there, there probably is. I would think Most so, likely. yeah. It's probably also a historical drama. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. Or it's one of those like sexual thrillers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. Next yeah. podcast. Anyway, back to sense and sensibility. <laughs> so wait, I, I do want to like kind of poll poll a throw a quick poll out there. Who do we think gave the best performance in the film? Because there were a, I mean, we had a lot of heavy players in this film, but I, I'm mm-hmm. curious to see what y'all's thoughts are for who gave the best performance. I think Kate Winslet did. Interesting. Like she was over dramatic as fuck, and it was working. Yeah, she had to be because that character is insane. Oh my god! Well, because yeah. the thing is, I don't agree with her character like f- philosophically. I guess, but because Kate Winslet did such a good job, I was like, oh, I could see your perspective, and it's not so. But you believe it, so sure, I'll buy it. You believe it. You don't make good choices, sweetie. Yeah, but. But I, I also believe that you make them. Yeah. But I, I would say Emma Thompson. Just, yeah, that last scene where she's crying and then the scene before that when she's saying how broken her heart is. And the mm. whole movie. But those two scenes in particular are just, wow. I would have to say for me, it's Emma Thompson. Like, I, I don't know. I, like, I, I just remember especially that scene when um, Lucy's talking to her about her and Edward like seeing her process it and just with her eyes like you can see her processing Mm. it repressing it as she's processing it and I was just like I felt the yearning in like her (laughs) in her spirit and I just like I'm through I was like oh my god she like you just want to give her a hug because it's just like it's it's just you feel so bad for her and it's just I don't know like she was just the one performance throughout this whole film that just like it just chipped away at my heart, just like piece by piece by piece. So like I don't know, her her performance just stood okay. out to me. Guys, I think we're all wrong because I just found this note of mine. I think the real true winner of this movie was Hugh Laurie as Mr. Palmer. Oh my the gosh. guy who just hates his life <laughs> and I love his how wife. They gave him <laughs> the the one line when um. Marianne is sick and then he goes up to Eleanor and he's like do you need any help I was like they had to give him one line so we didn't fully hate him but other than that this guy is just like my life is hell and I totally believe his life is hell as he's married well he's married to Dolores Umbridge so of course his life is oh she was so good in this too I loved every second she was on screen I just can't here is anything other than Dolores Umbridge if I'm being yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's true oh also the animals 
the animals. I kept noticing the dogs and the parrot, which bit Lucy at one point. Yeah. I don't know if that was. <laughs> and the sheep. There was one. Also, there was one unnecessary scene where we just see a dog walking with a duck in his mouth. And I'm like, what? What's the purpose oh, of this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're like out hunting. Why yeah. This? <laughs> what is this? When it never comes up again. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, isn't it when Brandon's out hunting and then he's got the dog with him and it's not even like... Was that Brandon? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just some random extra. No, it's just like a transition and they show him walking to the next location. With his dog with a duck, with a dead duck in its mouth. And I'm like, oh, oh, why? Also, that scene after Marianne has just finished like bleeding Mm -hmm. when she's sick. I'm just like, what? Why? What is this? Why did why did we have to have that shot? We know she's sick. She was doing the classic fitful sleeping. Uh, uh, side to uh, side. She's just kind of <laughs> sliding her head side to side. Honestly, for so long, like when I was a kid, whenever I had to like act like I was having a bad dream, mm-hmm. that's what I did because <gasps> I thought that's what happened. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just based, that's what movies taught me. Oh my god. Just... Turning your head back like. and forth, back and forth. Like. This, is, this is what it is. I did love as a characterization for the Jennings, which the first time I saw this, I thought they were married, but it's he was married to her daughter and then the daughter yeah. died and now they're just best buds yeah. laughing it up. I love them. But they like come out of their carriage and then there's like 10 dogs with them and it just shows the chaos that's about to ensue. My mom wrote about them. She... These people are like your dad. They just love laughing at themselves. <laughs> so, shout out to my dad. I know you're probably listening to this because I found out you listen to my podcast. Thank you, dad. Hey. Hi. You must be hearing a lot of revealing things about me. I do wonder I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to censor myself because yeah. I-, I have no ability to at this point. <laughs> There's a reason that we have explicit on these episodes. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> There'll be no who's that Mr. F in your. I, don't, I was trying to make a transition no. and it didn't work. But I love <laughs> any, like all of the, all of the time she brings up like when um, Marianne's playing the piano and she's like, I know what key we can play it in F major, and they just start laughing and it's such a dumb joke, but it brings them so much joy. Oh man. And they're all just staring at them like, what? I know. <laughs> they're on their own planet. Very much so, yes. Very much. Very oh my God. much. I I flipped back and forth with those two. At first I wrote down I like them. Then within like the next dinner scene, I wrote down, nope, I hate them. Then within like the next scene when my mom brought up that comparison to my dad, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I like them again. And then with Miss Jennings, when she brings them all to London and she's just like flying around and I'm like, no, I kind of hate her now. And then like she's actually being nice to Marianne and I'm like, oh, OK, now I like her. It's very confusing like that. My love affair with her was a lot more interesting than the love of I love her as long as like she's a fictional character that I'm never gonna oh. like tell my <laughs> secrets to you know so much of this movie it is just me calling people dumb like Marianne's running down the hill in a rainstorm and I'm like 
yeah, of course you hurt your ankle. What did you think was going to happen? Like, I know, yeah. I love they're always, or she always says, like, it's not going to rain, and then it always rains, and I'm like, what a what a trope to have. <laughs> Don't like, well, trust her. She's like, not going to be a weatherman, or her weather yeah. person, you know that much. <laughs> like, oh, I was interested in this. So, like, so Colonel Brandon and Marianne is the couple, I guess, the one that we should be rooting, the OTP, to put it in modern mm-hmm. terms. But I feel like we never see them talk. We see him and Eleanor talk a lot. And mm-hmm. I feel like I almost see more of their relationship than I see of Colonel Brandon and Marion. Like we have that moment at the end where he's reading poetry to her in a very stoic voice. Mm-hmm. And we have kind of at the beginning where we see like moments, but we don't really see what their conversations are. Mm-hmm. Well, we have like three different scenes where they're having, where him and Eleanor are having full blown emotional conversations. And I kept wondering to myself, like, is this something that Jane Austen wrote in? Was she originally thinking of having Eleanor and Colonel Brandon get together? Because that almost makes more sense to me. I know. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. they do have a lot of chem, but I feel like it's supposed to be like her. And Colonel Brandon have such a deep, like, friendship connection, which it is nice to see, like, a co-ed friendship that way. For that time, I feel like that, again, I'm no scholar, but I feel like that probably would have been something where it's like, oh, it's interesting that she doesn't get with him, even though they are so close. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it is, it is kind of interesting that there's, like, a whole bait and switch there where it's like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and honestly, like, I don't mind that they're friends. Mm-hmm. I actually like them as friends. I'm yeah, like, cool, they're, they're nice to each other. They're pals. Great. But I just never see him interacting with Marianne. And I feel like in a movie where they're, like, not the main couple, but the second main couple, mm-hmm. we should see them talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> we should see at least as much as him and Eleanor talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I, when I was watching it, I would see, like, he's very passionate, but in a different way than Marianne. So I was like, oh, well, they complement each other that way because they both have this intense passion for life, but express it differently. But yeah, we really only see, like, him read to her, which isn't his own words. And she doesn't look at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, her yeah. head is tilted to the other side. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No comeback, Andrew, because I'm winning. No, no. Trust me. There, if you want me to, to roll out some other positive things, I got a lot locked and ready. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't want you to win. So <laughs> maybe just shut up. No, I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. No, I mean one one other thing that that I do want to touch on is I do love the score. You know, I, I think that, and I know, Brittany, you've talked about how, like, can't retain them. a lot of the time you, you don't, you don't like notice the score all, all that much. But for me, like, I mean, I, I literally, I have soundtracks that I listen to. So mm-hmm. like, s- like the score of a film to me is just like, it's almost like another actor in, in the film. And like, I got to hand it to, to this film. The score was, it, it did, it did a great job of not only kind of like heightening the moments, but it also did a really great job of like capturing the time period. And mm. I think like capturing the, the, the feeling of it. Um, Cause I mean, obviously none of us lived back, lived back in those times. And I feel like this music does such a good job. Speak just like setting the scene. for yourself, sir. 
You look oh, back in those I times? I am so insulted. I am so insulted by this insult. Alexis, we must take a we turn. We must take a turn. <laughs> Andrew, go away. We must take a turn. All right. One second. <laughs> Okay, so now we just talk about Andrew. Yeah. Oh my god, did you hear about Andrew? Gosh, I did. It was face. bad. <laughs> it was real bad. He'll never marry up in this society. Never. Oh my gosh, who is he kidding? <laughs> Going after people like Mrs. Franny Dashwood, I guess. <laughs> wow, we were not prepared for this. What an insult. We just, when he listens to this back, I don't know how he's going to come back from this. It really. Can I come I know. back now? Yes. He's going to be devastated. Physically, you can, but metaphorically, you never will. <laughs> never. <laughs> All right. I'm back. Hello. Did you hear everything we said? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how loud I had it on my. <laughs> oh my god yeah so what were we talking about uh i don't know i don't i i oh the score we weren't a part of those times and then Brittany, you got terribly insulted by my statement so right because you well know that i am a six thousand year old immortal who mm. never ages nor dies and that's why i'm so embittered about the world because oh. it just keeps repeating itself <laughs> I just had a thought, which was something that I thought of and then forgot in the moment when it was useful. But I feel like what I like about this movie and the romances in the movie which is that it's a lot about the things that aren't said. Like all of the scenes with um, Eleanor and Edward, like there's so much they want to say to each other, but because of like you know, the times they can't and, you know, the situation where he's currently engaged to the woman who's in the room with him, uh, like they can't say mm -hmm. these things. And just the looks, the yearning on their faces is really what drives the plot of the story as opposed to like the dialogue between them. And I think that might have been because we do kind of get that with Marianne and Brandon, but there mm -hmm. is less moments of them like feeling torn where you can visibly see it as opposed to just later on when it's like, and now we read together. So I feel like that might've been what was missing from them because yeah, with Eleanor and Edward, even when they couldn't be like, I love you, it, you could just tell. No, I mean, I, I, I agree. And, and, you know, I think something else that, that like, I just really became very aware of through watching this was just mm -hmm. like all the societal, just, expectations like i remember even thinking in my head like man i am glad i was not alive during this time period because just like <laughs> there was just things that like nowadays to us is like no big deal like for example like if if you know uh someone's leaving you know if a guy's leaving and a girl goes unaccompanied with him right we don't really think too much of of it but then she even says like i'm like sacrificing my reputation by coming back with you unaccompanied and i'm like it was that big a deal back then? Like people, like, it was just like, it's just things that we don't even think about now, but it was just such a big deal back then that just blows my mind. Imagine what they would have thought of our last episode, Andrew. <laughs> woman. <laughs> a man and a woman doing a podcast together while one woman drinks and another man gets high? Oh, the scandal. I don't think their brains could process we could have called that episode a podcast. 
Dang it. Well, I wasn't doing pot. I was, though. It could have been a podcast. <laughs> that was a missed chance for a pun. Darn it. And I'm not going to put this in the new episode, so no one will ever know. It'll be lost. <laughs> It'll just be locked away. Well, yeah, the property <laughs> line, too, because the whole conflict starts with, like, it's all women who are in the house. And then when the dad dies, they have mm-hmm. to leave, which is insane. Yeah. Like, there's the one line um when Fanny's being like, she's, like, gossiping to Edward. She's like, oh, I hate them so much. They want so much. Why are they so naggy? And he's like, they literally lost their dad. Their lives will never be the same again. Because <laughs> Fanny's a bitch. Oh. oh my, what a woman. <laughs> what a what woman. What a woman. They will probably make another adaptation of this in like well, 20, they did 30 in, years. They did in 2008. They made a three-part miniseries on BBC. I know, I oh. haven't seen that one yet. I would be interested. I heard was not bad. They included hmm. some scenes that they didn't include in this movie because, mm. you know, they had three episodes on yeah. BBC, which is like a movie in itself. <laughs> Um, like they included in the book, I know there's a duel between Colonel Brandon and Willoughby. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I um, I think they included that in there. I think they include a little bit more of like Brandon and Marianne speaking to each yeah. other. <laughs> That's all I needed, people. That's all I needed. And I needed him to be not literally half like twice her age. <sighs> so I'm do sorry. we know if Kate Winslet sang for this movie? I do not. It, she was so good if she did. I just thought about the scene when Brandon first too. meets her. And that song that she sings is so gorgeous. I wouldn't be surprised if that was her. Mm-hmm. But my mother actually said, right when I said, wow, she has a nice voice. My mom was like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> so point for me. I'm going to take it. <laughs> there are no actual points in this podcast. <laughs> but it's literally just them. me it's literally just me screaming i'm winning and andrew (laughs) being two nights to fight back but oftentimes i I win regardless Brittany. so it's okay no you don't you never win andrew you've never claimed victory Um, you've never won because as i established in another episode i have problems with the most ridiculous and simple things and therefore you will never beat me because i will never (laughs) get over them it's okay. You can tell yourself whatever makes you feel better, Brittany. <laughs> oh, also, fun fact. Fun fact. Emma Thompson's first draft of this script was more than 300 handwritten pages. Yeah. Handwritten. Excuse like, me. worked on it for five years, dude. Wow. But handwritten, like, oh my God. Like, to, like physically handwrite 300 pages. It was pages? 1995, dude. I feel like so? handwritten was more we, common we had, back then. We had typewriters? <laughs> like... No, yeah, I know we did, but I feel like handwritten was more common back then. Not not that I knew of, at least. Like... I don't know. Not, none of us were alive, Either so we way, don't know. <laughs> that would have been too much for me. It would... Dang. I was just like, man, mad respect. Like, that is... that mm. is. You can really tell that, like, so much love and thought was put into this movie, and, like, how much specifically Emma Thompson, but like everyone on board the project cared about it because it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's so beautiful. <laughs> the, 
The yearning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one yearning. Right. On that note, is there anything else we need to discuss before we wrap up? This is so unimportant, but my favorite part of the movie is when um, Eleanor tells Edward that, uh, like, the whole scheme where Colonel Brandon's like, tell him that I'll set him up with a parish. And Hugh Grant literally looks like his eyes are rolling in the back of his head and he goes, Colonel Brandon, give me a parish. That's my favorite part. <laughs> his first orgasm. Um- <laughs> such a terrible joke because I'm referring to him getting a parish. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Hence the explicit uh, tag that exists on all of our episodes. <laughs> and now you know. Wow. Okay. Let's get into our final thoughts on the movie. Just quick final overall thoughts and would we recommend watching it alexis our wonderful guest please go first oh thank you uh it's beautiful it's well acted it's fun there are some moments where you can laugh at it there are some moments where you can laugh or cry with it would recommend yeah i like it i like (laughs) the movie i just do i it's they're all so repressed emotionally and it just speaks to me on (laughs) an emotionally repressed level um, not probably very healthy. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I recommend watching it. But, um, that being said, my mother did fall asleep halfway through this movie. So maybe, like, watch half of it and then come back later and watch the other half. Don't start it too late in the evening or yeah. you'll be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know, I, I, w- I would say watch it. I, I would say know what you're getting yourself into mm. first though like this there's not this is not really an action film there's you know no one i mean people do die in this film but it's it's not like it's not it's not it, it's it's very much a slice of life kind of film and so if you know what you're getting into and you know this this is something that you vibe with i think that you will enjoy it um, and if you're the kind of person that likes action films and just like this high octane stuff, this, this may not be your cup of tea, but I, I think that it's, it's excellent acting, great direction, great score. It's, it's a well put together film that really does tug at the heartstrings the further you get into it. So I, I would recommend it. Andrew, I have never been more insulted in my life. Are you saying that people who enjoy action action films cannot enjoy their good historical drama? I quite enjoy action films, Andrew, and I can enjoy a historical drama. How dare you, sir? When I'm saying that, I'm thinking of people like my dad who would fall asleep within the first 20 minutes. Excuse me while I sip my tea with my pinky out. Brittany, we must take a turn around the room. We must take a turn around the room. Let's get into plugs. Um, Alexis, anything you want to plug, your personal projects, your podcast, please. Um, And then something from pop culture that's not this movie that you would like to recommend our audience check out. Yes. Um, um, So the podcast I host is uh, The Roasting Booth. You can find us on, we're on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you stream stuff. Uh, our, I'm going to get this wrong because Heather is always the one who plugs our stuff. So let me see if I got it. Uh, our Instagram is at the roasting booth. Our Twitter is at just roasting booth. Not just it's at roasting booth because the roasting booth was too long. 
Uh, if you want to leave any suggestions of rom-coms you love or hate, you can email us at uh, theroastingbooth at gmail.com. We always take suggestions. Um, and I guess on the note of suggestions, um, if you want to watch a bad movie that's not like upsetting morally, that's just like fun and bad, because there's been a lot of movies I've watched where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so like awful. But um, it's called, have either of you seen SBF 18? I have no. not. Okay, it's on Netflix. I cannot recommend it enough. It's Noah Centineo's in it. It was like, I think right before he got famous. And the plot of it is they go surfing while they house it for Keanu Reeves. And it's, it's very short. It's, I think it might be under 90 minutes and it's like beautiful scenes of the beach, but the dialogue is at the level of the room. Like it is out of this world, how bad it is. (laughs) So if you're looking for a bad movie to watch, I would 10 out of 10 recommend (laughs) SBF 18. Okay. <laughs> that sounds crazy. See, that comparison to the room was all I needed to hear. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, let's go. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Brittany Blue Eyed. Do not have a Twitter. Um, something that uh oh, and you should also check out um I was just in the Thanksgiving episode for Corn Quest, a D podcast. Check me out. I'm a turkey. It's great. Ooh. Um, it's a D&D podcast. It's very fun. Uh, and something I would like to recommend, uh, I have recently gotten really into watching the YouTube channel, The Try Guys. Like, Mm, I've been watching them pretty obsessively. Mm. It's really positive, like, YouTube contact that's really funny. And guys, you may not know this about me. I'm kind of a negative person. Like, I know you're (laughs) all shocked to hear that. So sometimes it's really nice to watch like truly positive work getting put out there. So yeah, check out that channel. I like them. Awesome. You can uh, catch me on Instagram at Andrew the Nuno Twin on Twitter at Andrew Nuno. And uh, the thing I'm going to recommend is this web series that came out uh, in late October. It's called Code Switched. Um, it's made by a guy by the name of Karan Sunil. And it's such an awesome web series in the fact that it focuses on a group of South Asian millennials, but it really takes a look at their culture in a way that I, at least I haven't seen any like network TV shows do. And it really helps make their culture like relatable in a way that, that I don't think I've I've ever seen before, but also make it fun and engaging and exciting to watch. And I I believe there's five or six episodes. Oh, is it all out? It's all out. Yeah, it's all. It's I all. I saw out. the pilot. I didn't know the yeah. whole show was out. Yeah, whole show's out. It's it's so so freaking good. I mean, like the episodes are I think like 10, 12 minutes per episode, but it's so so funny. So I would recommend checking it out if you got like an hour to spare. You can get through all episodes in like that hour. So would recommend. Cool. Okay, Alexis, thank you so much for coming on this episode and having yeah. us watch Sense Thanks and Sensibility. Thanks for having me on. This was, I haven't talked to people about good movies in a very long time, so this was <laughs> such a joy. <laughs> well, dude, if you ever want me to come on your podcast and just bring my negative cloud of terror, yeah, we gotta I do will it. help you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. As, as Brittany said, thanks again, uh, Alexis. We, we appreciate it. And uh, thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in. We always appreciate you listening. If you want to hear us talking about films made 
a year ago or films that were made way back then, feel free to take a look at our other episodes. Uh, We will definitely appreciate you listening. Uh, Take care, guys. And remember, if you're looking for a film that's worth it to see, check out the film that is called Sense and Sensibility. Nice. (laughs) I see you rolling your eyes over there. I'm sorry. It's just the yearning. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. The Academy Arguments was created and produced by Brittany McHugh and Andrew Nuno. It is edited by Brittany McHugh, and the artwork is by Olivia Jensen. If you like what you heard here today, then tell a friend, tell a couple of friends, tell your grandmother if you think that's something she'd be into. Or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps the show get noticed when you do. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or suggestions for a movie we should do for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Academy Arguments on Twitter at ACAD Arguments or at our email, academyarguments at gmail.com. Excuse me. Okay. And at this moment, Alexis <laughs> and I have both stood up and we're now walking collectively around each of our separate rooms because, you know, social distancing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, Andrew, come back. We're not actually doing it. <laughs> I thought you were. That was very misleading. <laughs>